You are listening to CMHEPC's Cocktail Mocktail Hour podcast. Sip your favorite cocktail with us as we discuss various topics. This is an environment to hear new and different perspectives. Everyone's thoughts, feelings, and opinions are valid to them. And in this space, we respect that. Welcome. Um, With Cocktail Hour, we are also sipping cocktails. And the cocktail featured this month is my favorite, a whiskey smash. And that cocktail is made with whiskey. You muddle some mint, a little bit of lemonade, some peppermint schnapps, and top it off with ginger beer. And that's what we're sipping on today. It's delicious, <laughs> by the way. It's very good. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to introduce our guest that we have today. We have Carrie, who is a native Houstonian. She is a legal assistant in her third year of studying law at Southern University, which I found out during research, is the largest historically black college or university in Louisiana. So shout out to the HBCUs. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hi. Hello and welcome. And we have Janet, Janet Pope, <laughs> JP, my friend. That's right. She is a corporate responsibility executive. She delivers workforce engagement strategies that support people, protect the planet, and grow community partnerships. She is also the founder and president of the nonprofit, The Good Lounge, which was founded in 2001 to amplify access to financial, physical, physical, and emotional well-being through edutainment. The Good Lounge works with organizations, experts, and leaders to broker connections and share tools that empower diverse communities with a focus on supporting women people of color, and LGBTQ communities. We also have Steph here today, who is also a fellow podcaster. If you haven't heard her, you're going to have to check her out. She is a human, a free people contributor, internal mediator, and peace generator. She sows seeds of understanding regularly through her podcast programming, understandably so, Intention set on sowing seeds of understanding to enhance the human experience. She believes understanding is a form of breathing. So welcome, you guys. What up? We're here, round table, cocktails, it's happening. We have a number of topics that have been submitted, and we're going to discuss those. As I said, it's a safe space. Say how you feel. Maybe you'll get a new perspective on something. I don't know. In the meantime, I'm going to sip my cocktail. What are you sipping on? <laughs> All right. First topic of discussion. So wait, you have to give the listeners some context here. We have not seen these topics. We have no idea no. what is coming our way. And I you think have it, no idea. we should make sure that's clear for anybody that's listening to this podcast. That is true. Okay. Now, these topics are submitted to me. I am the moderator and the people that are hearing these topics have no idea what they are. Um, some may be thought provoking, some may be simple, some may be silly, but we're going to see what the people submitted today. Okay. Okay. So our first topic is how do you feel about exes being married to men in a prior life? Oh, wow. Right out the gate like that. (laughs) Okay. Topic number one. How do you feel about exes being married to men in a prior life? Is this heterosexual? No, it's. I think it's a lesbian that asks the question. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're saying if you are in a current relationship with a woman, 
but she has an ex that was married to a man. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you feel about that? That's clear. Got it. I feel like the past is the past. Like if she's with you now, I mean, yeah. she chose you. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, if you're with her, you you know about this. Mm-hmm. I feel like this isn't a surprise. Right. So, or the question could be, is this relationship or is this a dating question? Oh, would then you, I think that maybe you're just dating and that's okay. But if you're ready to get into a more serious relationship, are you okay with that? But you would know that by then. You would. You should. So maybe it's a dating question. Okay. Mm, that makes sense. I think my friend was having this discussion the other day, but like the flip, I guess. Like if you, she obviously talks to men and she was saying that she doesn't think that she could date a man that is interested in other men. So I think that happens more so with women than than what we're talking about. Like, I don't think I would ever have an issue with my ex, like, having dated a man. Like, I've dated men. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was engaged to a man. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, life changes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I automatically thought heterosexual because I feel like heterosexual women have a problem with men that have dated men. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's, like, the the double standard, Mm -hmm. basically. For sure. Absolutely. I think people should be able to do whatever they want. And when you arrive where you are and be who you are for who you are with whomever. Right. Do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anybody else or breaking the law. How could that even alter what you think about them? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. But it feels, and I don't want to jump the shark, if you will, with the question that was asked, but it feels like it's starting to get into like the gray area of the stigma that people have around bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Are you getting that from the question as well? Sure. Yeah, I can feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do, do we want to talk about that? Because I do think that's a thing. I mean, especially the point that you made around, I, I definitely feel like women don't want to know or would have a problem if they found out that their boyfriend is bisexual and date previously dated a man or not even bisexual just had a sexual encounter with another man okay that's a problem (laughs) okay how deep it got (laughs) it happened got it so so but what is that about right so when when i think about the lgbtq plus community we in some cases should be the most open you would around think. sexuality and gender identity just based on how we identify and our own experiences etc but why do we seem to want to put bisexual people in a box and i don't think it's i don't think we at this table do that mm-hmm. but it definitely happens in the community but i don't understand what it's stemming from if i'm honest well i feel like it's all individuals like they just put all those letters together they just put put them all together. Like yes, yeah. it doesn't equal unity. You know, that's fair. Yeah, and and people are always saying pick a side. <laughs> you know, in everything, politics, religion. You know, pick a side. Right. Same thing. Sexuality. You yeah. just can't, you can't be. Have, can't have both. Can't it's like both. damn, I don't know right now. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was then, and today I feel this way, and I don't want to put that on the on the future because I don't know. Yeah. But right. you got to pick a side. They say. We don't like gray. We oh. like binaries, right? And that's why I don't like labels. Because mm. I'm like, you want me to label myself to put me in a box to make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like, I just am who I am. And I then am. if you change your mind, God forbid. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's always an interesting conversation. And I don't, I don't, to your point, I don't know why. 
a lot of folks in the community really struggle with bisexuality. Um, well, I know why. It's the why. <laughs> Say why. Tell yeah, us why. I'd like to know. Based on my experience and what I have observed, okay, is that um, so I have I I know people who are what I consider to be a quote unquote true bisexual, which okay. is when they are with a woman, they are with a woman, and when they're with a man, they're with a man. Sure. But we have people, the trisexuals. Who come in and they're like, I just want to try it out. I'm bisexual right that's now. That's across the board, though. So that's, I feel like that's everybody. Yeah, for what? Considered it. I mean, you have to want to try it. Right. Well, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. But I feel like because like that that is what's given bisexuals in this community a bad rap is because you have the people who they're not they're just like fiddling around with it, but that's not really like how they feel. Well, but to the point that I think is being made, everybody had to be a trisexual for at least a day in order to <laughs> for come. At least a few yeah. hours. Right. To think about it. And I mean, I can only speak from my own experience. I dated men all the way through college. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I graduated from college and got it, like, I was 25 years old, a whole adult mm-hmm. with, you know, now you can get good insurance at 25. <laughs> and, um, I basically, the way I talk about it is ran into someone that I was in college with and realized that I felt like I liked her more than you should like a friend Mm -hmm. and started questioning like, well, what are these feelings? Mm -hmm. And then I say, once I tried what I realized was steak, that I had had liver and onions before, <laughs> right? And then, and I was sort of like, well, I, I just want to do like steak right, from now on, <laughs> right? Because now I've had it. But if I, you know, if you've never had steak in your life, how would you know that liver and onions doesn't taste as good, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way that I think about it from my own experience. Um, but but you know, in that se- in that particular season of my life, I could see someone looking at me and saying, well, you're you're a trisexual. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Because I definitely I had a crisis of faith and all of that. And I don't know if that's going to be a question later, but I definitely after that encounter tried to date a guy again because mm-hmm. I felt like maybe that this was just a wrong. thing. Yeah. And, and this is wrong. And yeah. I need to, quote unquote, fix myself. And that went horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I just that was the last guy I dated. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So and to speak to that, I yeah. think, um, well, I guess more so going back to Courtney's point, because I think I've dealt with this, um, considering all things. Um, what was I going to say? Sorry, lost my train going of thought. Going back to the point. Oh, right. Okay, so I think there's an insecurity there that, like, hey, you have, in your point, only dated men, mm-hmm. and now you want to be with me, and, like, this is, like, your first step into the pool, you know, your right. first toe dip. And how am I supposed to know that you're serious? How am I supposed to know that like that's not what you want? And like you said, there are people that are bisexual and when they're with a woman, they're with a woman. When they're with a man, they're with a man. Mm-hmm. And then there are probably also some people that, hey, I'm with a woman, but like if that dude over there, you know, he checking me out, like, you know, mm-hmm. I yeah. think there's some insecurities there with your partner maybe that maybe they don't you know, acknowledge or whatever the case may be that like, okay, well you've only dated men. Mm -hmm. So like, how do we move forward? Mm -hmm. Because this is your first, you know, lesbian relationship. And obviously I feel like I can speak to that Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this is my first lesbian relationship. But, um, I mean, it's just conversations that you have Mm -hmm. and and let that person know, like, I'm here. I chose you. This is where I want to be. And I mean, who's to say that you might not think that someone else is attractive or you want to talk to someone else like you choose to be with the person that you're with, Mm -hmm. regardless of who they are. Mm -hmm. So 
Those are my sentiments. Self-awareness <laughs> is important. I think that's a human fault, though. That's not like a sexuality thing. Like, if you're going to be trustworthy mm-hmm. or not, that's a human yeah, no, thing. That's, yeah, that's true, For too. sure. So I feel like that every sexuality experiences that a person, I mean, whether you're cheating with whoever, I mean, it's deceit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I think that's it has to true. do with character. Yeah, I think for a while, if I'm honest, so I'm, I'm 41. Um, I've been out since I was 28. So it took a couple of years for me to just figure out, am I comfortable talking about this? Um, But I definitely feel like, um, and now I've lost my train of thought. Man, these (laughs) drinks are good. Um, I definitely feel like, what were you saying, Steph? <laughs> oh, human fault. That it was a human fault. Or deceit. Or trust. Oh, yeah. So yes. I originally didn't really understand polyamorous relationships. I was just like, oh, that feels like a lot and crazy. How right. dare people? And the older I got or more mature, I know that doesn't necessarily correlate with age, mm-hmm. um, but more experience and just having more conversations and understanding different points of view. What I realized was, and, and sometimes those relationships don't work, but all the relationships to your point is around communication so like whatever you're communicating whether that's hey we're gonna engage in multiple people or whatever um it all boils down to good communication Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i think it takes some people a while to get to good communication because it's i'm not gonna say it's easier to lie i actually think at my big age it's harder to lie it takes too much thinking like and remembering right, and right. whatever but yeah i think um it's just interesting that i'm over a lot of things like that now because i understand communication like the point around communication and now i'm rambling so i'm gonna drink my drink <laughs> i feel like though being able to communicate also um goes back to like being self-aware right so you can't communicate what you want or how you feel if you don't know what you want or how you feel Mm. right so very true but but also I think people would feel bad about feeling like this is my need and because society maybe told me I can't have this need to the point of like poly I don't express it so I'd rather lie to you about it and go do this than just communicate this is what I feel I need and be honest about it but what if you don't know that's what you need? Like, what if you've never been ex- exposed to that? And you're like, something's off. Something's wrong. I'm not sure what to do. So I'm going to go do what the movies tell me to do. And that's find yeah. somebody else and cheat a little bit. Yeah. Every I think time. that's shame, though. Like societal shame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like group think. Mm-hmm. Right? It does, right? <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so our next. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you really? Yeah. So these yeah. mics are these amazing. Mics are amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Good mm-hmm. job, Sam. I'm over here like, can y'all hear me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. So I needed oh, it in my ear. <laughs> All right, supporting each other professionally in entrepreneurship and corporate arenas. That's the topic that was submitted. I don't know in what route they wanted to go with that, <laughs> but supporting each other professionally. I don't know what that means. Oh wait. A minute we just talked about this though supporting people professionally and what they do and how how do oh, we yeah. feel about supporting people professionally and what they do and then we are not satisfied mm. with what the product or service is 
We literally just talked about this. <laughs> you should be honest about it based oh, on what yeah, we yeah. just yeah. talked Go about. Ahead. Tell us what you did. Are, we, are we sharing? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not willing to share specifically. Okay. Oh, I didn't think but so. oh, okay. I try to support my people and my tribe. Like if I know somebody does something, a product or a service, and I need this, I'm like, that's the first person I think of because, yeah. you know, Same. small business. You're right. right. Positive people. Um, so, yeah. But then it's, you know, what we discussed earlier. So. I struggle a little bit because I feel like I'm rooting for everybody black <laughs> and I'm always going to want to support women. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's gotten me in trouble because I haven't spoken up and said, mm, fam, this isn't working for me because I'm questioning like, okay, does this make me not support everyone black? If I tell a black woman, this isn't the right way to do this. So I've definitely probably helped and built my tongue in situations where I should, and I'm talking about me mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting nuggets right now though, go ahead. I've, <laughs> I've bitten my tongue in feeling like, oh, if I say something, it might come across anti-black or, because it, you know, it, it's so few of us. Mm-hmm. And then I think for women specifically, and maybe even for black women, if I disagree with one of the only three black women, it makes me like catty or petty or something. It's like, no, I'm disagreeing because this is wrong Mm -hmm. versus, and and so I I think I feel bad about it and then I overthink it and I probably should have just said something from the jump, if I'm honest, yeah. Like my biggest thing is I care about um, the quality and the service that I receive. Mm. That's what I care about the most. I am that person that is willing to pay for the quality and the service that I want to receive. I'm, I've never asked anybody for a discount. I'm always like, that's your price, that's your price. If I can't afford it, okay, next time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I try to support my, my tribe first. And then if I can't find it in my tribe or if they don't know anybody, then, you know, we go to the tried and true. So. Wow. I think that's deep, uh, what you mentioned about feeling like you're going against just by disagreeing. Yeah. Wow, it just reminds me of um, just being silenced, right? Like from childhood, like not being able to express what it is that you feel. And it's like, it's so present. Yeah. Um, I think that's a a stigma that needs to be uh, addressed, right? So we should be able to disagree and still be able to move forward. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. it be, like you said, conflict doesn't have to be bad. Right, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's a part of, of life and I, I just love that we even having this conversation because I feel like it makes it even lighter to be able to like something else comes up for you in the future. You're gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna say something. Yeah, yeah. And, and be like, sis, this out of love, or bro, this out of love. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's real. And I think if I worked at like Ebony Magazine or HBCU or some environment where most people are black, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. But because I feel like there are so few black people in leadership where I am, it feels like if I disagree with one of us that I'm adding to the conflict yeah. or the trauma, not trauma, that's too heavy, or the, the, the challenge yeah, sure. that we're having as professionals, and I'm just, I don't want to add to the problem, right? Um, what about so, disagreeing? Yeah. Perhaps if you're disagreeing publicly, but what about privately? Yeah. You know, just yeah. having that, that private conversation, like, hey, I felt this way. I didn't want to say this in a meeting, but. No, that's fair. And I definitely think there are certain people I can do that with. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there's certain people that I can't. Oh, okay, well, the ones you can't then do it in public. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know you anyway. Say, some shit. people don't take that constructive criticism well. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that and, goes and back. You, oh. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, also, that's not your responsibility. You know what I'm mm. saying? I learned that a lot about what my responsibility is. My responsibility is to me to be able to convey what it is that I feel, to be able to share my thoughts and to be able to be in a conducive environment where we can do what we need to do and it not be a problem. Right. And so the responsibility of me would be to just to share it. And then however that person receives mm -hmm. it, you know, be able to deal with it as it happens, as opposed to... Um, you know, just trying to jump in the future, like, oh, they probably, fit. based like on the past or how mm -hmm. things have been, you know? No, you're absolutely right. Somebody else's reaction is not my responsibility. At all. You're no, absolutely right. Absolutely. But that goes back to the point you said earlier, in 2023, we're leaning into conflict. We are leaning into conflict. I am but, personally. Okay. <laughs> yes. But it doesn't have to be, like you said, negative. it doesn't have to be negative. That's right. So it can be, we can disagree. Yeah, and I should probably um, tell people what I mean by that so they don't think I'm running around with my fist up, like, <laughs> trying to start fights. Um, I think I, it's clear, though. Is it clear? Yeah, it's okay. clear. I, I definitely feel like in 2021, I would avoid conflict. I was a conflict-avoidant person. I just would not say the thing I should say, or I don't know if I go as far as say what was people-pleasing around things, mm -hmm. but I just probably let some things linger a little longer than they should have before I said something. And I just realized with some therapy um, and this and going into this year that I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be more direct. I wanted to address the thing when it happened. Um, and I wanted to not be conflict avoidant. And I approach it in my, you know, family life with siblings and parents. I definitely approach it in my work life. And it's definitely helped me sleep at night stuff, That's for sure. Saying. Yeah. So it's something that you've already started or something oh, that yeah. you're going? Okay. Yeah, it was 2022 was the first year I really oh, kind of nice. leaned into that. Oh, mm -hmm. next year about to be a whole nother thing. <laughs> Absolutely. This will be Come a whole on. nother level. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's up. All right. What is the best slash easiest drink to make? Cape Cod. Mm. What's in that? Vodka cranberry. From the mixologist. Oh, okay. I thought the Cape was with a lime. Is that a Cuba? No, that's yeah. a Cuba Libre. Mm. Is that the same shot? thing? No, um, it's, it's garnished with a lime. Ah, okay. Cape Cod's garnished with a lime. Okay. Shot feels sure. like cheating. Steph is also a mixologist. Ah. Very cool. She's, she knows all the things. Uh, I wouldn't say all of the things. I mean, cocktail related. Enough to get a party going. Mm. Boom shakalaka. So here, I, I need your help. I <laughs> am going to have a... Winter social for the Good Lounge. Um, and I need to come up with a wintry cocktail. Signature oh, cocktail. You. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what what things constitute like wintry? Uh, well, almost everything. <laughs> Truly, yeah. I feel like anything can be transformed into. Um, I did into a, a winter. I did a. a um, a party a little while ago and we created a winter wonderland old fashions okay now you're talking my language i love old winter fashion. wonderland old fashions. what is so, in a winter um, wonderland so it has cinnamon so uh -huh. the only difference was there was no um the orange aspect we okay. used the cinnamon mm. instead of the orange got it um mm. ground cinnamon and then garnish with a uh, cinnamon stick mm. that sounds good yeah, and we smoked it too we smoked it uh, mm. with the orange flavor so you still got that into the oak wood yeah right. So what kind of bitters did you use for it? Regular bitters. Regular bitters. Yeah. Got it. So the only difference is the cinnamon replaced the orange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds good. And no cherry. Okay. We um we uh, actually infused uh, cinnamon syrup. Mm. What? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and brown sugar cubes instead of the regular sugar. As we get into it, there are more different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I like, it. I like <laughs> it. I like it. But also, I'll send you the recipe also, in, in, in full links because no, that's good. I love it. Delicious. I have um. I, I do like a Romo fashion. So Diplomatico oh. is my Romo of choice for okay. a Romo fashion. I think they're really good. They're a little sweeter than uh, a traditional old fashioned. But that's not the question you asked. You asked the easiest, <laughs> the easiest, the easiest right. drink to make. And you said a shot. For I you. Did, oh, that's, that's true. That's even, I mean, Yo, that's, that's even easier. Yo, that's even easier. I mean, <laughs> some yes. alcohol is already mixed. So very easy for sure. Yeah, Just do you want it chilled or no? <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah, Straight to the point. That. I mean, for sure. Yeah, at, at this big age, as I like to say, <laughs> oh, uh, I prefer just drinking stuff on ice. Mm-hmm. It, the juice, I think, makes me drunk faster. I was about to say. Oh, yeah, sure heard the rumor. Sugar. Rumor has it that's what gives you that hangover. So the sugar. So I yeah. try to steer clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also at your big age, you're also probably <laughs> drinking quality liquor as well, and not just like. The stuff that we could afford when we were in college. This mm-hmm. is very true. Yeah. yeah. So difference. you can do that over ice. Yes, you mm-hmm. can. Absolutely. And, you know, we have everything in all the flavors now. Mm-hmm. That's true, So too? Jim Beam Honey mm-hmm. is like a go-to for me. Jack Honey over Jack here. Jack Honey That's is my go-to. go-to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with everything in the flavors, you can definitely do that stuff over ice and it not be a problem. That's very true. true. That's true. Thanks. Zombie Apocalypse. What's your role in Zombie Apocalypse? What? I don't know. That's a weird question. I mean, with the way things are going. <laughs> Look, I've seen enough movies to know that I probably just want to be taken Sam. out pretty quick. I was like, <laughs> let me be the first round. Just be out of here. I'm good. I'm um, definitely not the house everybody's running to. There's not enough food. I'm not that person. <laughs> no, like, I would starve alone in my own place. So, yeah, no yeah. congregating there. I'm not Nobody into knows what their role is. <laughs> just, just Nobody like knows it. what their role is. Are, no. are we all like we're out no, there? No, I'm account? a zombie. So you're going to be a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Because she's going to be taken fast is what yeah, she said. Not, so I she'll see. be a zombie. So you're going to be part of I that. I don't have survivalists in me. Like I can't. Mm, yeah, I can't live off the land. So I think <laughs> I'm going to just. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to find someone who's storing food house to go to but how how are you gonna get there oh everybody has a friend that they know just has lots of lots of food but lots the apocalypse we're talking the, right it's like how you get, like, get all the no, way there like, you're right because you houston everything like, spread apart you gotta make it there first. Raider, that's true like, on a regular guns, day you need to be locked and loaded and yeah. see me i'm not built for that yeah. i'd be in the gym but uh. <laughs> <laughs> not room. against a zombie i hear they're right. i can't they're run like, that far i can't run that long yeah, the cardio game is real weak right now. Mm-hmm. So count I, me out. I will say, um, by myself, I'd probably get taken out faster. <laughs> I had a, uh, I had a psychic tell me once when I was young and used to get like readings of things that I like snap into action and protector mode more when there's someone to protect. Mm-hmm. So whether that's like a partner, a child, like if I think I'm responsible for helping someone it makes me braver so you would mm. die first that's probably but i would <laughs> die even faster i think if it was just me because i wouldn't feel like i have anybody to protect apparently what okay yeah. is it weird that that's why i don't want to have children keep, is keep that, talking is about that weird? This. okay okay so <laughs> and okay so i feel like this world is fucked up i don't like it right it's crazy out here and so i'm like i don't want to bring a life into this world because when shit hits the fan 
it's not just me. I gotta worry about that baby. Mm. Right. Right? So yeah. there's always someone in the movie that's pregnant. You just be like, <sighs> Yeah. We're trying to save the baby. <laughs> yeah. It's you true. don't want to be that girl. No. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> that is tough. Cause I'm gonna choose my child over myself any day. As most mothers or parents will. Which yeah. is selfish. It's instinctual. They can't take care of themselves. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oxygen you do for mask. that baby. <laughs> Put yours on first. For real, y'all both did. <laughs> oh goodness. Next topic is evolutionary love. Oh, that's very and broad. That's just the topic. Hmm. No evolutionary. I love that. I love. Like, I feel like I'm in a um, evolutionary love. Hmm. Say more. Um, it's it's. I, love, I hate when people describe something by using the word. It's a love that continues to evolve. <laughs> 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 exactly what you thought. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's what it is, right? Well, like, yeah. A love yeah, that's evolving. Yeah, that, that mm. just continues. Like, I, it, you can feel it. It's very immersive. Mm. You know, like, you can feel the change. You can see it. And you just be like, wow. Yeah. Mm. That's deep. It, it is. It's very profound. But is that what comes with... Um, like long-term relationships because nah, the person that you met this is, new is different mm-hmm. than the person like five years from now right <coughs> so like if you're like in a five long-term months. relationship it's evolutionary right because mm-hmm. people are always changing and growing and but that doesn't it being long-term doesn't make an evolutionary niggas be together mm-hmm. and just be together that's true don't that's like each other true. they evolved into different directions true. and they just together and they're still together yeah because you don't like to be alone so that's not like love that's just they just together yeah, well they might evolutionary have together. agreed to split the rent or something that's survival right now it's expensive out here right i love that though yeah absolutely. i don't think it matters how long you've been together oh no it doesn't so is that speaking to like a soulmate well so i think that all of those things are, um, again, just like titles to kind of help you decipher like what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think friends can be soulmates. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. It's a connection. Yeah, yeah, it's a connection. It's about the connection. The con- mm. Hello. <laughs> do you think you have grown or matured through experiencing the pandemic? When you were able to be back in the world freely, do you think you will view things differently and how, or have you viewed things differently? Wait, we're back in the world freely now, right? Yeah, I think that's- Okay, this is an older mm-hmm. question. Um, Do you think you've grown or matured? I have, absolutely. The way that I think about wellness now <laughs> is very different mm-hmm. than the way that I thought about wellness in 2019. Right. I had been in therapy before, so I would always encourage people around that particular topic. But I don't know that I really understood things like, you know, the the advantage of, of rest and taking naps and that we were all kind of socialized on hustle culture mm-hmm. and, you know, how problematic some of that is and the historic context of all of that. But, yeah, I think most of the world probably has rethought wellness and well-being and the importance and the value of that so I've definitely evolved um it also made me just rethink the importance of life I think that's always something when 
people pass away mm-hmm. you think about but so many people so many lives were lost and and so suddenly mm-hmm. um and then most of us were stuck in the house with maybe by ourselves or someone else yeah. i think a lot of people learn like <laughs> you know what do they need in another person mm-hmm. and do they really get along with this mm-hmm. person and yeah the value of the school system Ooh, and so Lord. many things. Listen, so and many teachers. Things. Right. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, the pandemic definitely broke up some relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, all the pandemic babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it changed the world. It really did. For sure. Yeah. I've seen people go from being super extroverted to now, like, you can't get them out of the house. <laughs> so it's very different. I think... Um, when the pandemic first hit, I was, it was my first year of law school. I was at home by myself 90% of the time. That was rough. I was like, I don't really know how it feels to be depressed, but I don't like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm not talking to anybody all day. I'm just here with my dog. I'm listening to people talk to me on a screen. I don't have my camera on. They don't have their camera on. This is so different for mm-hmm. me. But in the moment, I was just like, this is life. Yeah, <laughs> right. But afterwards, I was like, I don't ever want to do that again. Right, that was our and reality. Then, yeah. yeah, it was very tough, but um, luckily I feel like now we're able to be back in person and like just meet with people and not feel like, you know, I don't want to get them sick. I don't mm-hmm. want, because there were people that, like you said, were dying. Like mm-hmm. I think for us, like my generation, like we're a lot younger, a lot healthier. So I think it didn't affect us as much unless you just personally knew someone like. My, I didn't see my grandma for months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, you're not coming over here. <laughs> no Way one's through the coming window. over here. Right. right. So, like, you didn't speak to me through the window. We missed birthday parties. So, it was it was very different. But um, as a per- personally me, I think it helped me realize a lot of things about myself and, like, what I'm able to handle. And I can't handle being by myself, <laughs> like, with <laughs> my own long. thoughts. And, right. and, and it can look very different because I think that I also just wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. So now I kind of have, like, a mindset of, okay, like, if you have to be in your home and, like, you know that you can do things. Like, mm-hmm. you're not crippled into, like, I have to, like, be codependent on someone else. Mm-hmm. So I think that allowed me to kind of get rid of that codependency, although it, it looked very different than just, like, oh, like, I didn't like how that felt, so let me do something different. There was a span of, like, things in between that helped me get there. But, yeah, codependency is real. That's that's it true. Is. Yeah. Have you did, – did the pandemic cure that for you? I think so. I think um, – so, full transparency, um, I was living with someone, and I moved out from living with them. I mean, the pandemic is still a thing, I think. In my opinion, 2022, there's yeah. no, like, full yeah. cure for Ish. that. Ish, We're right? living with it. Mm-hmm. So now living by myself and, like, being able to move by myself and, like, do things by myself, I think that that helped me because I had no other choice but to do that because that person was, like, off at work and I was, like, at home all by myself from, like, 8 to 5. Mm. <laughs> like, 6 to 7, really. So we're talking the bulk of the day and just not, like, feel, feeling like I can't do anything because there's no one here. Like, I'm, I'm just here by myself, so I'm just going to sit here. And, like, it was bad, but it helped me realize that, like, you don't need someone else to, like, kind of give you that drive to mm-hmm. do things to motivate you. So mm-hmm. I will say, I don't know if I grown or matured obviously we all had like our own experiences but for me as an introvert I was excited to be at home (laughs) and working and nobody's coming to me like having random conversations because I would hate being at my desk and somebody's like hey Courtney and I just be like I am in a flow here what do you want (laughs) so I really appreciate it um 
being at home, working from home, but then there was a certain point where it was like, okay, I haven't met anybody. Like, I haven't, you know what I mean? Like, it was weird. It was weird. I definitely but. matured. Did you? Yeah, I saw people too for them for who they are. Like mm. those people who be sick and they know they sick and they going out mm. and they hanging out and they. I can't stand those people. <laughs> <laughs> those people got me sick multiple times. Oh no! Oh man! Yeah, I mean, I was fine though. My, um, I'm a very healthy individual. I work out. You know what I'm saying? Come on. So, um, but just people that just didn't want to stay home. They was like, you know what? I think I might have it. I'm not gonna get tested. I'm not gonna. Yeah, that's crazy. Do I'm just gonna be that's out here. It is. Yes. There's a lot of irresponsible people. I I got to see the irresponsible people for who they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, for real. Because when you get sick, you got to trace it back. Like, y- yeah. Right, how you feel? Because <laughs> yeah. exactly. who gave this to me? Exactly. Like, every time I? I traced it back, it was a trifling human. Mm. Mm. Dang. Wow. You just. So y'all still friends? That's oh, we, were never, we were never friends. This was friends of a friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Lord. Yeah. But I had to, you know, let that friend know, like, come on, you irresponsible for bringing this person into my right. bar. Come right. on. My. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but beyond that, just maturing also in um, just decision-making, decision you know, mm-hmm. like being responsible, um, figuring it out. This mm-hmm. is like we were on survival. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, like there was not toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, I didn't have that issue. I didn't but. either, but I'm just saying it was a shortage. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's, that's true. Was a shortage. That's true. Like, wow. Who ever knew? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, why, but why was toilet paper the first thing that people went for? Like, that's so know. weird to that me. That is weird. I would think the water. Yeah. I right. Think the water would have been bad too. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was. And look, I'm trying to think back, like, when was the freeze? Was this around the same time? It was. Yeah, we had a lot of The going freeze on. happened before. It did? Yeah, because. Okay. Um, Not right no, before? No, no, no. no after. No, 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 because. The freeze was in February, mm-hmm. and I only know this because March. I literally <laughs> flew to New <laughs> York for International Women's Day things with my company, and there were um, leaders that came from Paris, and it was already starting mm. over there, and they were like, yeah, I didn't think I'd make it to New York, and I got to make it to New York, and we took a picture together, and then the week after, my company completely shut down mm-hmm. all travel. But it was already happening, though. It was absolutely already happening. The United happening. States was just, yeah. like, behind. Yeah, yeah. the United, United States was happening. behind. We were yeah. It was happening like in 2019. You know like but, but we weren't <laughs> stuck at home in the freeze. I mean, we were, but not because of the pandemic. Oh, okay. But there was also no tissue and water then. So yeah. we just been through it, is my thing. We definitely have been through it. Yeah, yeah. as a people. I and mean, we, was the freeze in 2020 or 2019? It was mm. in 2020. It was in 2020? Yeah, okay. Because it happened, the um, COVID started in 2019 in China. Yeah. The end of 2019. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I'm so not going to lie to you. I don't remember. I was a journalist <laughs> teacher at the time, and so we were, we were following it. Okay. We followed it all the way. So. Goodness. Yeah. I, I definitely remember the freeze happened in February. I just can't remember which no, year. Right. Yeah, it was very interesting, though. Like, we talk about our generation and how we've had so many once in a lifetime like events happen to us it's crazy recessions inflation pandemics like well every generation has things that shape them is it more when than one life about it. event though <laughs> mm, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. we've had quite yeah. a few you think about life though life is pretty expansive yeah right? mm-hmm. we're talking about decades worth of things right but that it's been rapid Two, three years. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but before that, what was it? Yeah, you had uh, war, like world I mean, but you know wars, we are black, so it's like you got, that's yeah, every day. That's every day. Well, that oppression that's is that's yeah. yeah. about it, though. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but there were other things, like even before 9-11, there were major, there were Gulf Wars, there were 
um, just major things that happen. And those things shape the generation that they're happening. I guess the people that are coming to age are shaped by that, by those different events. But did it affect their livelihood, though? Absolutely. Like, like, okay, let me, I have a great example. The Great Depression. Mm -hmm. My grandmother is in her 90s. To this day, this woman has a closet stocked with canned goods and paper goods because she was a child during the Depression. Mm -hmm. And that shaped her, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Through her whole adult life now in her 90s. Other than the toilet paper paper scandal of the pandemic, like there was never a situation where she really needed to have all of that stocked in her in her closet. Sure, but that shaped her mm-hmm. in the same way that they say nine eleven for was it children who were young and who were old enough to kind of process that they don't trust the government and in, in in certain ways, and then people whose parents got laid off in the first recession, which would have been twenty. Eight, 2008 I think mm-hmm. children of, of parents who, who ran into issues of that supposedly they don't trust staying in jobs long term so these things definitely shape us um, and it's, it's all really really interesting so I'm sure babies of the pandemic or you know kids who were learning how to wear masks mm-hmm. right yeah. when all that was going on that's, that's certainly going to mm-hmm. shape We'll see what happens to them when they're teenagers and adults, right? Right. But but that stuff definitely shapes us. They'll probably, unfortunately or fortunately, be like major germaphobes, right? Right. right. Always, (laughs) you know, not that that's a bad thing. Social social media, I think, definitely affects it because, like, I see things, like, again, I don't watch the news, but I'm able to receive all those things, like, Mm -hmm. things that happen in, like, California, things that are happening in Georgia, I'm seeing those things because, like, those are the people I follow. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I think it intensifies it because you're seeing it every day. And it just feels like you're living it. And and maybe that might be a little bit different. But No, you're right. As opposed to catching the news every once in a while, it's right there. Yeah, I definitely say all the time, I'm very glad that social media was not a thing mm. when I was in middle school. Same. Oh, because fried. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been out yeah. Same. Yeah. I just Same. I would have turned out different, I'm sure. Yeah. But also do we need like phones for kids who are developing other than to call your mother? I think in some ways, since I do have a nephew, he's like what, eight now. I think it helps develop them. I mean, I was a, a part of the generation that, you know, had dial up and also had cell phones and like had house phones. So like, I feel like I got a good mix. I think that technology, especially in a way of um, like job opportunities, like them knowing how to code and things like those are jobs that like, <laughs> those are lucrative. Like, Absolutely. You don't have to worry about the outlook of that type of job. And I think them being in tune with technology helps with that. Like there are people that are getting like, pushed out of the positions they're in because they just aren't tech savvy right so mm-hmm. in order for your kid to be like that i mean they kind of have to be exposed to those things like it's just the new world that we live in that's going to conclude the first recording of the cocktail mocktail hour podcast okay thank you guys for giving your time today and sharing your thoughts and opinions on the various topics we discussed i know some of you guys have some projects going on if you want to tell the people what you got going on so we can be there yeah, sure. Uh, closing thoughts wise for me. So the Good Lounge has a winter social coming up at Trez Bistro and Wine Bar on December 29th, which is a Thursday. 
it's a fundraiser, capital F-U-N, Razor, with the intent of really having people come together and learn a little bit more about holiday and seasonal depression. So everything that the Good Lounge does is around, as you mentioned earlier, physical, financial, and emotional well-being. And we want to have a little bit of um, that conversation and just come together to be able to support future giveaways of resources like we've given away um, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, the workbook. We'll be giving away gift cards to Nap Bar. Um, we'll be giving away gift cards to get free therapy sessions and things like that. So that's what the, um, the donations, the types of things the donations support and would you know, love to, to meet anybody that has an opportunity to come out. Go to thegoodlounge.org slash winter to register for that event if you're interested in attending. Super fun, super fun. And what about our fellow podcaster over here? What you got going on? Um, you can check me out on understandablyso.com. That's understand, S-O-W.com. <laughs> um, podcast, Understandably So, streaming on all platforms. Um, I would prefer you listen on Amazon Music, which is a free app, or Spotify, so you can see the beautiful artwork that I've created for each program. Um my social media uh instagram is understandably so again that's s-o-w and um you can find me on twitter at orangey o-r-a-n-g three three check her out i hear i asked her once i was like are you a poet or no because the way she puts words together it sounds like a poet to me I, exactly <laughs> giving poet <laughs> vibes exactly hey, i exactly. received that i received it <laughs> exactly Okay, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, put it on the atmosphere. I am um, trying to put together a true crime podcast, Houston based. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Clutch City Crime, and um, our first episode should be dropping at the end of January. If God says the same. <laughs> to our listeners, grow your community and take a moment to like, subscribe, and or follow our guests on their respective platforms. If you're local in the Houston, Texas area, we'd like to meet you and in person at our cocktail mocktail hour that occurs every last Sunday of the month. And with that being said, big ups to Savvy and EQ and the pod and platformation, um, platformation, basically, right? <laughs> For having us. And that's a wrap.